0: Hey, Converge listeners, just a heads up that this week's episode has a little bit of adult language in a couple spots. So FYI, if you have little ones nearby, thanks. This episode of Converge with my guest, Sarah Armstrong, is sponsored by FasterMind Coaching. FasterMind is your personal trainer for you and your business, getting the kind of real world results you've been looking for at a price any entrepreneur can afford. For more information, check out FasterMindCoaching.com. Converge is my chance to connect with creatives who make really interesting things, and when they can, profit from those things, often in ways that might surprise you. My background as a photographer and author gets me in conversations with visual storytellers and writers, but also musicians, actors, business and thought leaders, basically people who work very hard, not just to make a buck, but also to make a point. The invitation is to understand a little more of the context that surrounds their work, and hopefully discover a fresh perspective that might inspire something new around the value you're making in the world. I love it when I see people who take a whole bunch of pieces of their lives and find a way to custom fit them into how they work out their professional lives. Our guest today is Sarah Armstrong, and she's a designer meeting organizer who manages to wield the powers of both sides of her brain, usually for the greater good, to create something really unique. Uh, She's worked li- and lived in a number of places around the country here in the u.s uh, and along her travels she's picked up a lot of skills some unorthodox ones some really fascinating ones but at the end of the day she's combined all these things into something really special over at her company called a namebrand.co you're going to get to hear a lot about her story in just a few moments but when you do i want to encourage you to take her narrative and consider it up against your own how might it inspire a new direction or a new focus or a new way to collect your experiences where you can put them together in a custom solution like she has, but make it personal to yourself. I think if you do that, you're going to walk out of today's conversation, not only inspired, but really empowered to go do something new.
1: My guiding principle always has to go back to like, well, like what kind of human do I want to be?
0: I'm your host, Dane Sanders, and I want to welcome you to Converge. Sarah Armstrong, welcome to Converge.
1: Hey, Dane. Thanks for having me on Converge.
0: I am so glad that you're here. Uh, It's so fun. I love when serendipity works its way into life. And you and I had a chance to get to know each other a little bit when you presented at ConnectingThings.co, I think it's .co, uh, uh, here in Southern California. There's this pretty amazing community of uh, creatives, a lot of designers and uh, different sorts of folks that get together with some regularity, and some of those folks, including yourself, are have done some pretty extraordinary things. Um, but yet, it's this very kind of communal, casual, "Hey, let's all get together and try to be awesome together" uh, experience. Um, and and from there, I got to know a little bit more of your story. Super impressed with what you had to share, and was so impressed with how you've kind of grabbed pieces in life and made a life out of it uh, creatively. I thought, man, this could be really helpful for the converge audience. So why don't you start by just sharing a little bit of, of your journey, uh, kind of the 30 second snapshot of how how, how you, your whole life in less than a minute, go.
1: The, The old 30 second life snapshot. Sure. Um, okay. So, um, my, you know, my whole life, I grew up, uh, with some kind of artistic bent really. Um, you know, I grew up always drawing or playing with clay or, you know, burning through office supplies and, um, it was always really encouraged in my family. I was an only child and, and I had, you know, the utmost crazy support in the world from my, my parents. And, um, as I grew up and, and started sort of, you know, forming your personality like you do, um, was starting to kind of turn into this very like pragmatic problem solving personality. And, um, I wasn't really sure, you know, how I was going to rectify those things, like how I was going to rectify this like artistic bent and, uh, this very like logic driven person. And then I discovered that graphic design was a thing. And I said, I will do that for the rest of my life. I will solve problems with pictures, basically. Um, And what's been really special mostly about, you know, this whole world where we can create our own jobs and, you know, basically make up our lives um, is that that's never really that limiting. I've been able to, you know, sort of take any, any passion or whim that kind of strikes my fancy and just extrapolate on it and turn it into, you know, things that I want to do. And I truly just can't believe that this is my life. You know, I can't believe that I get to spend my days, uh, you know, hanging out with people that I adore that I think are more talented than I am. And we all get to make money together, doing super fun stuff and creating community. And, uh, making, making things happen. Like, it's really unbelievable.
0: <laughs> it is remarkable. I, I, and I, I'm with you. It's this kind of incredible moment in the history of humans that we get to live at this kind of level of existence. And yet in the midst of that world of incredible freedom and, and opportunity, there's a lot of folks that just don't, they don't end their days going like, I'm so glad I get to live like this. They go, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm betting it all on me. And right now I'm not winning. Uh, and, and I'm wondering, like in your experience, have there been seasons like that where you're like, gosh, I, am glad that I have a bunch of free directions I can go in. But at the same time, there's these bumps along the road where it's like, man, I just don't fit. Uh, or it's, it's harder than I thought it was going to be. You
1: mean every day? Like, every, <laughs> like, I mean, as cool as it is, like, don't get me wrong. Like I love this and, and like on a, on a hyper, like macro scale, I'm very aware of its greatness and how cool it is, but like on a moment by moment basis, it's mostly a like, well, this is probably all going to fall apart in a second. And, uh, I don't know what, I don't know what I do after that. Uh, You know, I want to speak to a a thing that you said. Um, I think this, this time that we live in that we're both kind of talking about where, um, you can sort of do anything and, and create anything, right? Like we live in this like post recession kind of creative, friendly economy. Oh, it's
0: just total like choose your own adventure life right now.
1: Yeah, right. Like this time where like the the resources are there and and people are in a headspace where they are willing to accept the idea that like, oh, anybody like, you know, within like a, a 10 foot radius of me, there's probably like 15 people that like run their own business or have started something or can start their own thing. And, but what's interesting about that is I think it's, it's sort of a double edged sword, right? Like, I mean, I would, I would never begrudge anybody for like going out and chasing their dream and creating something because I think that's the most important thing in the world. But, but sort of the flip side of that coin is, is, you know, sort of like what has been happening in the music industry for the past like decade or whatever, this sort of like the more accessible it becomes the muddier the waters get, you know, and it's sort of like a, uh, it's harder to, um I, I, I guess my point is that I think there's this sort of like ill-fitted perception of luxury associated with like living your own dream and being self-employed and doing whatever you want to do. But the other side of that is that it's really freaking hard yeah. um, in this time where it's so amazing and so wonderful to do your own thing, but like it's it's really difficult to to stand out in that because everybody's doing that now, mm-hmm. you know, like anybody can can whip, make a logo, set up a Squarespace, run a business, hopefully do it well and like good for you. And the, you know, dime a dozen other of you that are doing the exact same thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. We recently had uh, Starly kind from uh, Gimlet's mystery show on, and I, she's such an impressive creative to me. Uh, total pro journalist been around on, you know, producer for this American life, been a part of radio for a long time. And she made this really kind of really a throwaway comment around like I, she basically said, I only do things that I'm really interested in. Uh, and, and then she went on to say, and that's probably why I don't have a massive body of work. Um, uh-huh. Ironically, she has a massive body of work compared to most human beings. Uh right. but, but, but she's also aware of like, she's not trying to be everything to everybody. Uh, right. there, there's something, she has an unfair advantage, I think around the things that she's really willing to, to make art instead of make work. I've heard Seth Seth Godin talk about how, you know, if if you can get your activity in the category of art, you never are tired of doing it. But Mm -hmm. as it drifts over into work, there's a sense of like, ah, I have to go to work today. Um, So talk a little bit about that tension because it's a lot loaded in this preamble. So the question connects to uh, as we are both trying to be self-fulfilled and we're, we're trying yeah. to be sensitive to like, that's probably the best contribution we can make. And we're sensitive to like supply and demand economics of like, what is, mm. what is the need out there? And I'm in full agreement with you about, man, it just seems like our best contributions around the stuff that we're made to go do as you're working that out. How sensitive are you to both just the pure creative act of like you're just creating space to create and, mm. and, and also the market that you're wanting to take that creation and and bring to the marketplace.
1: Okay, sure, sure. Um, I want to have a really good answer to this question. Um, I w- <laughs> me too. I want, me I too.
0: That's to why have, I asked it. Are you kidding me? Like,
1: I want to have such a yeah. Like you're just asking because you want the answer. Like you ask. You That's, ask. Are
0: everybody. you kidding me? That's why I do this podcast. That's the yeah. whole reason. I get great like, people have, like you on to tell me have, all the answers. This is really yeah, helpful.
1: Like, how grownups ask little, like are always asking little kids like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Cause like, we're just looking for ideas for like what to do for a living. We're just source, um,
0: we're sourcing our children.
1: Yeah, right? exactly. Like, Hey, what do you, what's a good, what do you want to do? That's fun. Um, you know, it's interesting. Like I, I do, I, I, I want to have a very informed self-aware answer like about this question, but I think uh, I would be, I would be lying if I said anything other then I have been crazy fortunate in that, you know, I get to, I I get to do this stuff that I do. Um, And I guess, okay. So I, I, I'm not the the answer. The answer to the question is, I don't know. I'm not aware. Um, I'm not sensitive to, to the market. I'm not sensitive to the actual needs around me. However, by, by my very nature and like the way I'm wired and the way my parents raised me and, and the confidence I was always raised with and, and have, I've always been a naturally like, I, I'm naturally comfortable like in business. Like I'm, I don't, I don't shy away from the the business aspect of this of this profession of my career. I'm I'm comfortable negotiating. I'm comfortable observing trends. I'm comfortable uh, like making those kind of calls. And I'm a natural entrepreneur. So, I guess it's 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 almost like not fair because I respond to opportunities really well. Um, like if I see a need that needs to be filled or if I see, you know, something that, that has a thing that I could do, like if I see a thing I want to be involved in and I see a way that I could be involved, I will, I will just do it. Like, there's no question, you know, like the blind confidence of an only child millennial, like there is no possibility that like I, like in my brain, there's no possibility that I could fail. (laughs) Like whether that's, whether that's good or bad or otherwise, like if I see a thing that I want to do. I just assume it will work like there's no there's no alternative. I, I really wish I, I, I had a little bit more acumen and wherewithal to say, you know, I'm observing these trends, I'm responding to these markets, but really by no design of my own or planning or anything that I in any way could take credit for by responding by, by letting myself be this person, this like entrepreneurial uh, just like get shit done, go do it, be excited, make things happen in person. I have not been without work and it's never lost on me the pure magic and wonder that not only do I get to essentially like create for a living, but I am, I can generate work for myself. Like if, if tomorrow, you know, although this would be horrible and such a bummer, um, if I lost every, you know, all my clients and nobody wanted to work with me anymore and I, I had, I had to start all over again, it would be a bummer, but I wouldn't be screwed, you know, like I could still, I still have all those things about me that are intrinsically true of me are still there and I can still go out and I can hustle work and I can, I can come, I can meet people and, fall in love with their dreams and their visions and what they want to do and where they want to go. And I can come alongside them and find ways to facilitate that. And that is magical to me. Like I, and I wish I was a little bit more aware and I wish I could say like, Oh yeah. Like I'm aware of this market and responding to it as such, but I am, I am just not, I am just like the luckiest son of a gun. In the
0: world, uh, you know, it's so funny. We're new friends, there but I, I totally disagree. I don't think that's what's going on at all. I, I like my my gut. Watching you from a distance is that you have a uh, you might have a a, a, a skill set, but but like for the folks that are listening at home, I don't think I like you didn't just get lucky. You you leveraged opportunity with talent. Like there's that old phrase: uh, "Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard." Uh, <laughs> And, uh, I just, I, in your case, you have talent and you work hard. And in my mind, like that's where, you, and if you're kind of smelling and have it, part of your talent is kind of smelling an opportunity, then work hard in that direction. Well, big surprise. If you lost your clients tomorrow, you'd go find new clients <laughs> so for for the folks at home. As I'm listening to what you're saying, like there's a really helpful directive in what you're saying, which is like, yeah, learn to help, develop some skills and taste and, and by the way, enthusiasm covers a multitude of sins. Like work your tail off in yeah, the, in the totally. direction that's required. And and if you do that, you know, you more than likely good things might might work out. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess in my brain, like working hard is just a given. Like you don't like nobody doesn't have to work really hard. Wouldn't that so... be amazing
0: if everyone <laughs> believed that? Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> right. I what I love about this this uh community, uh, Is the folks that are listening to this conversation, they wouldn't tune in if they didn't have aspiration to live differently. If they didn't have an aspiration, like now, that said, they might have a they might be still in their in the beginning stages of their talent or skill acquisition or taste or whatever, uh, or they might be disciplining themselves into a greater sense of work ethic and mm. and a willingness to get after it but what i love about and i think what drew me in initially with you sarah was you strike me as somebody who's willing to apply that kind of duality to everything you do and one of my favorite things that you do is you're a graph designer and i love how you frame that as you solve problems with pictures what a great way to frame that <laughs> and, 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 you, the, you, and
1: you can use that one oh, I, that's all day long
0: i will be using that but okay. on top of that uh you actually go further And, um, uh, in fact, I'm going to write down, I'm going to solve problems with radio. Um, but you you, you go further and you, (laughs) you apply it directly to one of my favorite topics, which is coffee. And you have become this like, like, (laughs) like brand brand a a uh, to not just a designer, but a, a signer of, of cool, uh, in so many different categories. And then you've gone one step further and it seems so crazy that you do this, but you actually decided to build a context for a whole bunch of other people to do creative work. So you do this co-work space thing and talk a little bit about the combination of, you know, independent contractor, graphic designer, artist, uh, solving problems with pictures towards things like, you know, an industry of coffee, not just like particular players. And then on top of that, extending that into agency work. And then on top of that, taking that agency work and applying it to like actually building an agency space that you can work at, but so can a whole bunch of other people. Does that sound weird that you put all those pieces together or is there something in that, that other people could learn
1: from? Well, I mean, to me, it doesn't sound weird. And, um, I mean, I, you know, actually this whole podcast, I think is good is going really well with just like you talking about me. I'm really enjoying <laughs> it. Um, so, like, I don't actually think I have that much to add. I'm really enjoying, like, I hope we can take a whole hour and I can just sit here and listen to you talk about the great things about me. It's really working out for me. It's like a midday boost. Um,
0: You're silly. Go ahead. Oh, Come on. So so how you, But how do you – that's an eclectic set of deliverables. That sounds – I
1: suppose okay, so. Talk okay. Talk about that. So let's start where you started with was, uh, like, designer and coffee. So um, that's sort of a uh, funny, not funny joke about me – Is that like the only design I do is for like coffee brands, which was totally not on purpose and like not something I set out to do at all. It just sort of happened that way Um, as food and beverage as an industry is very uh, it's a wonderful community and it's very nepotistic. So I started what, what happened is when I first moved to Orange County, I was really excited about. Coming to Southern California because I figured there's going to be so much good coffee um, in Southern California because I came from Reno, Tahoe, where at the time there really wasn't any good coffee culture. Um, That's different now. Way to go, Reno. But, uh, you know, what happened is I I came here and I was so excited about coffee culture and, um, and I came to Orange County and I was like, oh. There isn't any coffee here, really. I was misinformed. It's like all in Los Angeles. And there, at the time, you know, this was five years ago or whatever. Um, there wasn't really any coffee scene in Orange County. And I was pretty disappointed. And then um, a friend of mine mentioned like, oh, you know, there's this place called Portola Coffee Lab in, you know, this shopping center. And you should totally go there. You're, you're going to love it. They're like total coffee people. And, um, and I went there and I was so excited. And they were so good. And they, like everybody was so knowledgeable and the coffee was incredible and they were totally crushing it. Um, but their design was like so painful to me on just like a basic level. And like, they were doing such good work and making such good product and had such great people and everything about like, uh, what they were putting out there for themselves was, didn't fit the, the qual like the level of excellence that everything else they were doing. And that just broke my heart because I immediately fell in love with them. I immediately was like on their team and like wanted them to succeed and, visually it just like, wasn't on par. And, you know, I wanted to be a customer. Like I wanted to support their business. And I was a customer at Portola for probably like nine months or a year. Uh, Uh, And everybody just knew me and we, you know, I came in all the time and that's where I spent my money and, you know, supported that business. And, um, one day an opportunity just presented itself They used to have these like sandwich boards outside that were, um, I mean, design aside, just, like, they were, like, they weren't even, like, a poster. It was, like, nine letter sheets of paper all stapled together to, like, make a poster. And it was, like, on just, like, a press board. It, it was, and it had been raining and windy, and it was totally destroyed. Um, and it just, like, looked like looked like crap. And I emailed the manager, and I was like, hey, this is Sarah. You know, you know me, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I noticed, like, your sign is falling apart outside. Can you just, like, send me the artwork for it? And I have a vendor... I'll just get it. I just want to get it printed for you. Like, I don't like, I'm not charging you for it. I just want to like reprint the poster, like on the proper material and just like switch it out for you. And he sent me the artwork and I got it printed. It cost me like $20. And then I came one night and like switched, like fixed their sign and left. And I was so happy to have done that and like contributed at least that much to this business that I loved that like their signs didn't look like shit anymore. And, um, and then the next day he called me and he was like, Hey, so like, is this like what you do for a living? Or like, do you, are you like already on contract somewhere? Because I really have some stuff that I would like to talk to you about. And, um, you know, that was the beginning of our, you know, now five-year business relationship of, um, you know, getting to work with Portola and, and help them not even help. Like they would have done this anyway. I just got to be along for the ride. But, um, you know, as they really became such a big player in, um, obviously, Coffee culture in Southern California, in Orange County, but in the world, yeah. and then more recently, getting to actually finally like rebrand them and give them a brand new like look and face for this excellent thing that they do. Um, but because Portola was really like the first third wave coffee pioneer in Orange County, yeah,
0: um, no question, they
1: were like everybody that came, like everybody that has come since then, in one way or another, has been birthed out of Portola. And because I, you know, I was fortunate enough to have the relationship with Portola that I did, that just sort of led into, you know, as these other places opened, they found me because I was doing Portola stuff. Um, And so, you know, we got to do Bear Coast and got to do Hopper and Burr and um, working with a couple others that are um, about to open, but not locally and are super cool and secret that I can't talk about, but are super exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and that's just, and honestly, I can, I can probably track because of the way I approached that business relationship from the get-go, and how I how I treated it, and how important it was to me, um, I can probably track most of the work I've done since then to that initial relationship and that initial project. Um,
0: there, there's a significant uh, principle in there, like and, it's funny, and when you say that, like, because even as you're talking about like that relationship and how it's connected to so many other relationships, and you know, voila, you have a a uh, an agency now and, uh, you know, and everything else that came with it, but that, that kind of care that you took with the the thing that you were genuinely interested in and, and went after it kind of with all, it, it just reminds me we have other, probably some common friends, but one person that comes to mind that I think you might know is uh, Jeremy Cowart is a photographer out of um, Nashville. And he and I are, we've been friends for a long time. And, and uh, he talks about, you know, the power of personal projects and, and it's funny to me whenever he talks about them, because in truth, they all turn into these ridiculously profitable opportunities for him, not <laughs> all of them, but most of them do. Sure.
1: Uh, but sure, it sure is convenient when it happens. Right,
0: right. Well, and that sounds not too dissimilar from what you're describing. Like that, and, and it's, when I think about my own life, even influences, like uh, I, I developed an interest in influ- uh, in, in uh, Seth Godin, like many people did a long, long time ago, and And then I took like three weeks to write him a single email because I was so terrified to (laughs) write him the note. And, uh, but because of that care, like I remember the email back, I still have it. He he just wrote a one line response. He just goes, nice email. And that's all he said. And I was, you know, it was all this big, long preamble. And, uh, but that started this conversation that has turned into a, a significant relationship where he's like, you know, really been generous to me in my life. And, but, and I can also point to like, probably his influence on me has had his his fingerprints are on any good work I've done. Like I could point it to it all over the place. So based on that, totally, yeah. like that totally. principle connected, like how can folks at home take that principle and apply it to their lives? Like where they could go and, and turn a corner for themselves and go, okay, so I'm looking at Sarah's life and I'm looking at this core idea, but I wanna, I wanna, you're having coffee with somebody, get it, coffee at Portola. And I and, and, and yeah, if I have to explain it, it's not funny. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. uh, so. Uh, you're in that context and you're talking to somebody and they're saying, so what, this is your life. How can I apply a principle in here to my own? What do you say to that person?
1: Oh, um, gosh, I'm, I'm having coffee with some like really deep thinkers. Um, I honestly, I think uh, it's really easy to get wrapped up in ourselves. Right. And like, especially when you're trying to make, when you're trying to make stuff happen and, and move things along and like, you know, get, get things in order and get things really moving. Um it's really easy to get tunnel vision, right? Like it's really easy to get wrapped up in what you're doing and what you're trying to be about. Um, and, and kind of lose sight a little bit of, of kind of where you're trying to go or the person you want to be. And, um, for me, and, and, and I don't necessarily say that this is right, wrong or otherwise, like, I mean, I know what works, what's worked for me. Um, I, I, are other ways to do it for sure. But for me, it's always come down to like I've chosen this this thing that I get to do because I really like people, and I like I like helping people actualize their their dreams and facilitate that and solve problems. Um, but even the more atomic principle behind that is that like I want a career and a path and a dream. That allows me to try and be like the the kind of human being that I want to be. Um, and I, allows me to treat people the way I want to treat people and build relationships the way I want to build my relationships um, and surround myself with similar people. And a lot of like I think, anyway, the question that you're the ask that you're asking my answer to to it in some way or another kind of all stems from this idea of like, I just want to not be a shitty person. Like I want to, I want to treat people well. And like, I want to have good relationships with people. Um, And like anytime, like if I get a bummer email or like some weird client feedback or, you know, something that makes my dream or my life or my work, not totally ideal like my guiding my guiding principle always has to go back to like, well, like what kind of human do I want to be? Like not what kind of business person do I want to be, not what kind of designer do I want to be, um, like what kind of human do I want to be? Like how do I want people to remember their interactions with me or or their work with me or whatever? And that is really more of what shapes those decisions and those practices and those stories is trying to always be a little bit outside of it, just like a couple of steps and seeing it as objectively as possible and, and it being about the kind of human I want to be, not the designer, not the business owner or whatever. Um, and I know that's kind of like a roundabout answer to your question. And maybe not like no, that's exactly like, right on. that's really like, I, honestly, and I'm not saying I nail it all the time. Cause I don't like, they're going <laughs> to, I mean, I would be remiss if I don't say that because probably there will be somebody that listens to this one day that I didn't treat really well. And I wasn't an excellent human too. And I just want to go on the record as saying that, like, I don't think I nail it all the time. Um, because I don't, and I know I don't. And, um, and there are plenty of times where I look back and I think, gosh, I wish I would have handled that different or I wish I would have treated that person with more respect or I wish I wouldn't have been so haughty about my opinion or whatever. Um, but mostly what guides these things is that I just, I, I want to treat people better and I want, I want people to like enjoy me and enjoy our experience together because all of the good things in my life have come from that. All of the good things in my life have come from having awesome connections with people and great conversations, usually over some kind of beverage and just getting to know someone's insides, you know, and, and that turns into something.
0: This was episode 054 of Converge, the business of creativity podcast. GoBeCollective.com is our new home for all things Converge. There you'll find past episodes as well as Go, the unconference for creatives looking to grow their business, Faster Mind Coaching, business coaching for everyone. And a whole bunch of other stuff, including The Collective. In fact, check out gobecollective.com. Music today provided by tripleskipmusic.com. sounds as good as you look. Thanks to Anna Quaza at acreative.co. And a special thanks for Sarah for being with us. Visit her at anamebrand.co. Finally, if you haven't shared an episode of Converge with a friend, would you consider it? Think of one person right now who would benefit from my conversations with Seth Godin, Chris Gillibo, Ann Hanley, Ryan Holiday, and many, many others. And invite them to join in. You caring enough to do that sort of thing is a big deal. It's also a nod to us that we're doing something right. And we're super, super grateful. So thanks. That's it for now. I'm Dave Sanders. I cannot wait until next time.